please welcome new NFT experts Josh Melton and Chad Brown to the Stronger Business Podcast as they continue their conversation on pioneering in a new industry from last week. We are here today in the Stronger Business Studio doing a follow-up episode from Aaron Murray's talk with us on NFTs. Josh, what do you think, my man? Are you an NFT fan now? Have you bought NFTs? Where do you stand on that? Dude, I really felt like we were at a wedding when you started it. Like, we are here today. <laughs> we, are, know, we are gathered here today. We are gathered here today. For this follow-up episode to talk um, about Yeah. NFTs. Man, I got so, number one, I got to tell you, I, th- I think I mentioned this to you before. It's always fun when we're interviewing someone on the podcast and we're like, man, we got to make sure we're honoring their time. It's kind of fun to, do, to, to interview the people that have a certain, like, celebrity status. And we're in Athens, Georgia. I mean, Aaron Murray, he doesn't walk on water, but it's pretty close. He pretty much he can like run on it or something. Like everybody loves he's Aaron have Murray. To wait for a table. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. pretty big in my book. I hate yeah. waiting, dude. I'm an impatient person. Yeah, he's a, he's that a big means shot. A lot, and he, though. I mean, like not he's not coming across as a big shot. He just was. He performed at if a I super. If I could buy level. an NFT where I didn't have to wait for tables, <laughs> I'd buy that. You count me in on that. I'll tell you what. If Carabas was selling NFTs. If, <laughs> No, we talked about NFTs with Aaron because he just recently launched a company with some of the the people he played with, some of his teammates from the University of Georgia, uh, called the Players Lounge, and they are helping college athletes participate, and they're on NFTs and launching these. And again, I had no idea what it was really about, and I'm not going to talk about everything it was about because they can listen to the episode with Aaron Murray, which is better than you and I trying to explain it. But I will say that I went from being like, ah, NFTs, yeah, 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 to, ooh, I think I want an NFT. Yeah, or multiple I, NFTs. I thought I understood NFTs. I'm like, I got a handle on this. I know what's going on. I get the metaverse. I get NFTs. I know what they are, why they're worth money, how you resell them, whatever. But I really didn't. This is a whole new aspect of experience. And you and I are both big experience people. Like that's like that's the key to this whole thing. I gotta exclusive tell you, exclusive experience. I like when a guy who Ooh. still uses Microsoft Outlook says. I get the metaverse. Like, have you like seen a client this year and done their taxes in the metaverse? Like, dude, a, well, I'm over there. I, I'm I'm trading in the metaverse. I'm doing taxes <laughs> in the metaverse. I mean, I, I walk see. around every once in a while. I got some clothes in the metaverse. <laughs> and seen you I walk around some real estate. Dude. Yeah, I'm, don't let this accountant personality fool you. I'm on the edge, brother. I can't wait to walk into the podcast one day and you got those whatever those binocular type things are on. You're like interviewing some guest in the metaverse. We'll be for the spending the night in the metaverse before you know what's going on. <laughs> Is, hey, does ask Lauren if No Josh Sunday exists in the metaverse? Can I come talk to him? <laughs> we, we don't have days of the week in the metaverse. <laughs> you're like you rookie. That ain't how this rolls. You rookie. We so, don't yeah, have days. We don't have, We don't have. We don't go by the traditional calendar in the metaverse. So, dude, let's. <laughs> that's so funny. Let's talk about this for a second because I like this. We won't get in the, into the NFTs and all this stuff, but one of the things I felt like was interesting in regards to what Aaron Murray and the Players Lounge is doing is they're entering into a brand new atmosphere, I guess I could say it, or, you know, it's something that's brand new. It's a new industry. It's a new trend, if you will. And you and I both said, we're like, hey, we don't really really know how it all started, but it's somewhat like the digital currency, Bitcoin would have been 10-ish years ago. And so they're entering into this new space and they're kind of going guns a blazing and you get not to ruin the episode, but these guys were able to make off their initial launch. They they, they created $900,000 of revenue in three, three hours. hours. It's $300,000 an hour. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. That's freaking crushing And it. I like, criticized him for it during the podcast. You did, right? You could have made more. I'm if you sold out in three hours, you should have charged more. I mean, if you're proud about that hourly rate, Aaron, I mean, I could have. Uh, so no, I can teach you something about business, Aaron. 
If you need a business coach, call me. You rookies. <laughs> I'm like, dude, Chad learned so much about that in the metaverse. Let him teach but you. But no, the, the cool thing and, and, and what I love about the personality and, and approach from these guys from an entrepreneur standpoint is not only are they in a new space, they're like pioneering a new direction and a new model inside of a new space. Yeah. And it's really pushing the edge of like, it really just speaks to getting out of your comfort zone, spending tremendous amounts of time learning and figuring out something that nobody else has been willing to do or that has thought about doing. You, you think about, man, I look I look back at, I watch a lot of Shark Tank and, you know, back in my younger days, I'm like, how do you invent something to like make a million dollars the next day? Or how do you invent something to sell? Or I'm like, the guy that invented the straw, like, oh my God, how much money did he make? <laughs> And you're like, man, everything's done and invented right now. There's nothing I can invent that hasn't already been done. But this is a whole new like space of like the inventor. You get to go create stuff in a world that didn't exist three years ago. And that's what they're doing here. And it's pretty cool grinding, getting out of their comfort zone, learning, pushing themselves, being willing to, like Aaron said, he, he didn't sleep the night before, man. He was nervous because they're coming to market with something that's never been done and they may fail. They may yeah. not sell out in the whole – they made $900,000 in three hours, but the entire company – and I know a little background behind how much they put into this thing. The entire company in millions of dollars could have went down the drain in three hours just as easy. A little bit of pressure, right? A little bit of pressure. A little bit of pressure. A little bit of pressure. So what I loved about what he, some of the stuff he talked about, and again, we'll kind of get into a certain angle on this episode, but is that for me with NFTs, I was consistently thinking of them as like it's just a – digital piece of artwork and so if i'm creating this like well i mean i I just it just seemed kind of weird like it seemed kind of fake almost to me but these guys are focused on providing value for the the holders of these digital pieces of artwork right so it's not that you just own it it's like no we're we're gonna build a community around it and we're gonna provide tremendous value as part of that so that was kind of the cool thing i saw in that but it made me think in regards to as you're talking about all right in this scenario here are these guys, they see a trend that they could potentially um, capitalize on with building a company that makes a difference and also makes a profit. And they make the decision to go after it. They put, they put time, they put money into it. And again, they're like, can't sleep the night before because they're so like, ah, how's it going to happen? And what I know as a business owner is that there's been several times in my career as an entrepreneur, and I know that the same is for you, where you're like, there's the new direction. I could see myself going, but I don't know if it'll work and I'm scared. It, should I do it or should I not do it? So let's talk a little bit about the framework for risk assessment to, to make this the most boring word possible, <laughs> right? Uh, risk assessment. But no, it's like, how do you decide to go into a new area that may be untapped where there is a, a high reward, but also potentially maybe a high risk? I'll tell you an example from my life over the last couple of years and how I screwed it up and I did it wrong, <laughs> all right? Because those are my, number one, those are my most frequent Tell stories about all the things I screw up. I didn't do right. Uh, there's not a lot of victory laps, Chad. There's just a lot of... Obviously, uh, you didn't consult with me on this or, you know, probably would have turned out different. You're probably right. You're probably right. You would have uh, said, spend the money. That's what you always say. Invest, invest, invest. Take a chance. Um, no. That is not what I say. I know. Spend and less than you make. Invest the That's rest. what I'm saying. Was, How hard is that? Well, when you hear the story, my friend. Sign, you should. Put, you know what? Put it on email. quotes. Put Put it in quotes and put Chad Brown on it, like you said that for the first yeah, time. I'll yeah, share yeah. it on social media for you. Yeah, quotes like that come from serial CFO. <laughs> Make it the brand, not just the person. COVID was happening. Okay. 2020. It's beginning to it's, – and it's like oh, right at the beginning. All right. Now on a commercial cleaning company, right? That's, that's what we got together. And 
my wife says, hey, there's there's these there's this, these guns that they make, not guns as in shoot people with them, but they're like spray paint guns, basically. They're called electrostatic disinfectant sprayers. And so she's like, I think we should get some of these because I think that businesses are going to want to be disinfected. And this is a mechanism for doing it. I think we should buy some of these things to be safe. And Chad, I was like, ah, they're like $1,000 a piece or 700. I think it was $700 a piece at the time. And it was like, we should buy a couple of these. I'm like, ah, what if I spend $1,400 and we never use them? It just, I just, this is like February, March of 2020. This is okay? early days. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. the world is not shut down yet. Because I know what we paid when we finally bought one. And it we paid $1,400, yes. brother. Yeah, the end of the story is that we didn't buy it until we were like, oh, gosh. Until we, I, all right, here's the, the real, real of it is this. I didn't buy one. I was like, no, I don't think we should do that. So Kim's like, okay, here the, here's the link to buy them. Here's what they are. I think we should do this. I'm like, no, nah, I just I don't know if we'll use them, and I don't want to waste fourteen hundred bucks again. It's because it's like a huge investment, fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> and a month later, a client calls me, ask for that service, and I had to figure out how to do it. And I'm like, okay, we got to go buy these machines. Kim, go buy the guns that you're talking about, these electrostatic sprayers. Oh, but things have changed. Things have changed. So I would love to buy those, Josh, except that you can't buy them anymore because every single one of them everywhere has been sold. And so I talked to my distributor. We ended up buying one. It was back ordered for over six months. I was leveraging like relationships I had. Oh, they yeah. were building at the Classic Center. Like, they were building at the Classic Center. So, the, yeah. BioPlanet was building at the Classic Center. BioPlanet. Like, back in, sneak one yeah. out of the back door. <laughs> I pay, forgot about like, this. Pay on the black market for it. So, the, the number one piece of machinery, the number one electrostatic disinfectant sprayer in the was world built a mile down the road. was being built at the classic center because it was shut down and they couldn't do anything and like they said they're building them a mile or order three miles away from our office there these things are being built and chad's trying to work his connections with the classic center to get them i had a buddy of mine the guy that owns the company the ceo of the company was renting a house from him in athens because they were so busy here i was like dude let's see if we can get it. we were trying to figure out we we're like if there's a black market for these things we're going to find it and uh, I didn't buy it off the black market with Bitcoin, but I did find some of these guns I was looking for previously, and I was able to buy them for you know twice the cost of what I was looking at it before, and got some. And then we got the other machine for exponentially more than what it's actually worth eventually. And we did you know a lot of revenue doing these disinfected sprays. That, but I totally missed the mark on it, and I got we got lucky. Even tapping into all the resources we have from a standpoint of. You know, our, our network, none of that stuff worked. We couldn't do it. And we just kind of found something and got lucky at some point. We're able to pull the trigger. We're able to do the service. We're able to serve our clients. But all because, like, it was a headache because I didn't see it and act on it on the front end. So, again, mentioning this with Aaron and the Players Lounge and NFTs, they acted on the front end of this thing. They're ahead of it. And so they're probably going to be a humongous company and really succeed at a high level. But let's talk about the framework for making those types of decisions. I was afraid of risking and again, I feel so stupid at this saying at this point saying it, but fourteen hundred dollars, you know, because we were just going to buy two to, to be like, all right, if it happens, it happens, and we didn't do it, and then we just went through the whirlwind trying to get these things. But on your end, and I'm not sure if exactly all of the things that may fall into the, the realm of, like, let's say the tax shelter, or maybe some of the other in- business interests you have, but in making these decisions to go into an area that you, maybe you don't know, maybe you can't look at the data. 
and see what the data is going to say. Maybe it's, again, it's hard sometimes to look at the numbers for some of these things. It is. And with Aaron and these guys, they don't know. That's why they're... The numbers don't exist because the, the market don't it's exist. It's brand new. The numbers don't exist for how much revenue am I going to do with a $1,400 COVID gun because we ain't never been in COVID. We've we never done one at all. going to last. And, and we can't ask anybody so, else who's there, who, if they've never done yeah, one. Well, no, well, let me ever look at one. your numbers, see, yeah. how, see how much you made on your $1,400 COVID gun. So when I... So my advice in those situations and what I try to follow from from the mindset of the, the accounting side and the CFO side is I am okay taking those risks or going into those uncharted waters with really, it's a, it's a flip of the coin. High risk, high reward, Aaron and those guys, they made $900,000 in three hours. They could have very easily lost a couple million dollars in three hours. Like it could have went, it, it's a coin flip at that point because you're uncharted territory, uncharted waters. You can do a lot of due diligence if it exists. Um, you can try to hype it up, but at the end of the day, you don't really know. And as a business owner or even as an investor, I'm okay with that if all I'm losing is money. Okay. Meaning I am not leveraging anything that comes close to my existing business or my entire savings account or my stability, my freedom, my security. If it's like, you know what, Josh, we got nine grand in the bank with the cleaning company. We don't need that nine grand right now. It's 1400 bucks. That is a risk that if we lose it, if it just is a complete just bad decision all the way around and we throw those guns away, it is not truly going to derail anything going on inside the business or our personal lives. And I'm like, you know what? I'm okay taking that risk. And I may lose that risk or I may lose that investment four out of five times, but if I can afford to do it without it disrupting or derailing or causing any sort of emotional turmoil, that's fine because the one out of five that does win or I do hit, it's going to more than pay for the others. So it just kind of becomes an investment strategy but kind of back to what I was saying earlier, the only way you can do it, you want to repeat it or you want me to? You spend less than you make and you invest the rest. Okay, this yeah. is just an investment you're making. So if you're, Just like if you're buying Apple stock. It may go down tomorrow. It may go up. Same thing. So you're, from, a, from a business lifestyle standpoint. Mm-hmm. Or, per, or your business personal lifestyle. lifestyle. Like that, yeah. That's businesslifestyle.com. My business lifestyle sucks. So <laughs> my personal life's pretty good. Yeah, my you're business life's a bunch of work and grinding taxes. Nobody wants that. That's, you know, I tried to ask you about this last year. In, church, in the office. In 2020, I tried to ask you about it, but it was very difficult to get you to respond to my emails in March. Um, all right. So if you are being wise, you bring a good steward of your financial resources as a company, then you will be positioned to take risks sometimes. So like, hey, you can afford to take that risk because you've been a wise financial steward. Therefore, you can say, hey, we got, what are, like you said, we got nine grand. We can spend 1400 on something that may earn us forty. And if we do, but if we lose fourteen hundred, no big deal. But we 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 probably shouldn't invest if we got ten. We've got nine thousand in the bank, and we need to make payroll on Friday, and it's eight grand. Or let's say this. Yeah. Let's yeah. Let's say it's like all right. We got nine grand of like funds that are just in a savings account. We don't really need that. Okay. Yeah. But you want to spend something that's gonna. We got to spend forty. Yeah. You're like mm, you're not. You have not prepared yourself. Mm. We're not gonna go in debt for a risk, or we're not gonna derail the entire financial stability of the business on a risk or a gamble because at the end of the day that's what that is do you this see people is, do that again talking you know don't call them out by name but how often do you see business owners make decisions where they're like i know this is it let me go all in and they put themselves in a really bad spot do you see that happen a lot i see 80 percent of businesses 
make that decision. Okay. And they make that decision in the worst possible time imaginable um, because they do it as somewhat of a, of a big effort to make things better. Things are not – the cleaning company is going well in this case. Mm-hmm. We are making money. We are profitable. We have a savings account. We got money set aside. $1,400 to risk on the COVID machines is fine in that case. Businesses will be underwater. They're worried about how this is their this gamble is their answer to make their oh, no payment next. You're month. like they're throwing they Hail Marys. These, yes, they make these gambles okay. out of almost more desperation than good business decisions. It's like, man, I could buy five COVID guns, and if this thing hangs around for six months, I will make enough to like hire two new employees or make payroll next week or whatever it may be. They're like, they're betting on the calm at that point. They're trying to, they're trying to spend enough money to control revenue or profitability. And you cannot do that with a gamble. It gets significantly more detrimental to your business and your life. Whenever you take that approach. What types of things do you see businesses making bad decisions on where they're going Let's say not all in necessarily, but more in than they should be. Again, in order to, to save the business or turn it around, is it is it real estate plays? Is it big invest? Or excuse me, big equipment purchases? Like what type of things are companies doing where they're betting on something that's not a good bet for them? Well, let's. I'll I'll speak to that. Answer that. But let's let's look at it from a little different angle for okay. a second. Eighty percent of businesses fail. All right. Ninety um, percent of businesses fail within five years. The the odds of having a sustainable, successful business is, is stacked against you. Most of the businesses that fail are started or invested in or ran by rich people. Throwing money at something does not fix your problems. Oh, okay. Spending money on something, gambling with money, is not the answer to surviving or sustainable business model. It's just not going to work. That's a real good quote. I mean, that it should is, be. We should put that on a picture and say serial CFO know. on the bottom of it. I don't even know if my company can build enough signs for all the good things I say, but we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll start doing NFTs. That'd be man. My overhead oh. would go so far down. BYM NFTs. BYM NFT.com. Check us out. I'll have that slide up by the time this is be amazing. This is brilliant. I ain't got to buy plywood. I ain't got to buy soppers. Sorry, Trevor. Hey man, can you put me a uh, give me a Bible verse about my family? Put it on my cell phone for me. I'll give you a hundred bucks. This is amazing. We're gonna do some exclusive stuff. We may start a church. You can only come to if you got one of our NFT Bible quotes. Uh, that's called a that's called a cult, by the way. Anyway, yeah, hey, you do have cult follow. You have cult leader in, hair. You have cult leader hair. Waking sure. up from a new business venture idea. Gamble, by the way. I'll only spend money on this. I sound like from a, extra money I have in my savings. I sound like a sure thing. I'm man. not betting at all on BYM NFTs, but I do think it's a good idea. <laughs> um, but no, so many people think throwing. Can, I, can we get rid of No Josh Sundays if I join the cult? Throwing money, throwing money at things will like buy their business success. And so I see it over and over. But really, the most common places is, is freaking marketing, man. People throw money at marketing, at advertising, and all sorts of formats. A business that's only made $15,000 in the last three months 
will decide to spend ten grand on marketing next month, or they will build, they will pay for a five thousand dollar logo from some logo designer or web or graphics designer. They'll pay ten thousand dollars for a website. I'm like, dude, you ain't, you sold like nine things. Like that's not the website's not your answer. Like it's not, it's not going to save your business. You're not going to make money. So it's remember, we were at a company one time. You and me were at a company one time together. And we're trying to figure out if it's making money or what. And it was such like a image conscious business, which is funny because it was like blue collar work. <laughs> and it's like, we got to have the truck wrap. But really, man, the key to success is like, we need to have these hats. They're like $50 a piece. That's it. Just want to turn it around. Man. It's a difference maker. Do I remember that? Absolutely. But previous <laughs> to that business, I was in a business. God, it was a train wreck. I lost so much money. Oh, my God. Um, that's a whole nother podcast episode. But it was a it was a bricklaying business, and my business partner spent like twenty five hundred dollars on a logo that I like found out about from looking at the Amex statement. I, I was this was not me, dude. By the way. I came unglued, like. But it looked good though. Oh, it was awesome! It rivaled like Orvis or something. <laughs> you still got it? Uh, oh yeah, I, still, I got the stickers on that. Let's make an NFT out of it. <laughs> I don't know what kind of experience it would be, but I come up with something. <laughs> but yeah, I see. Just from a, from a mistake standpoint, business owners that that gamble with money they don't have, and particularly in marketing, they 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 gamble in marketing. They throw money at something. It's and they don't even have it to spend. Um, that's that's where I see this happening more often than not, and where it's a bad business decision or a bad idea. Um, if it's something where you're gambling like these guys, I mean, Aaron's really successful, as he said. Uh, he's got like 10 jobs. He does all sorts of stuff. He, Aaron is super smart with his money. He's invested well. He's saved money from the NFL. I mean, Ty and Trent, they're extremely successful in what they do. Some of the other partners in Players Lounge, um, they – these guys have a track record of success and have been very, very financially conservative throughout. They built their careers, and so they they can risk something like this. They can try to tackle some pioneering. I like some how you said new direction. Try to they can tackle because they're football yeah, players. Right. That's good. I like how you leave that in. So. Well, and also as you're saying this too, like this is that while the technology is new, and NFTs are like a newer thing. These guys are selling a product based around college sports yeah. of which they are all collegiate athletes that played on immediate, really good football teams. Media credibility. Yeah. So they know that they know the player side, they know the investor side, they know the alumni side. Oh yeah. yeah. And they're building the community around it. So definitely for sure they're they have they have some um some knowledge based on the playing field at least. If, even if the technology is new. They they know like, oh we're gonna bring a product to market and we know the market, but the product is a little bit new. Yeah. So they know the they know the end consumer. They know the client they're 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 trying to sell to, which I think is huge because for all of us, as we're talking about, like if you really know who your client is, and you understand them, then sometimes you're able to figure out, oh, you know what, this is a product. Not only do they need, but they want, or sometimes it's just they don't need it, but they really want it, and we know we can bring it to them, even though these guys, quote unquote, risked some money and they were like nervous about how it would go. They still knew they had a really good shot of success. Oh yeah, this wasn't like a huge risk. Like, could it have gone bad or wrong? Yeah, it wasn't one in a hundred. No, it, was, it wasn't no. a one oh. in ten. It was a. All right, you were saying something a minute ago, and I was going to compliment you on it actually. Yeah, please, and do then continue. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, let's, but let's I just remember that back around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So this is how my my brain works. You were talking about the percentage, like the percentage chance that you might win in a certain area, and if you could afford to make the risk. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You're like, hey, if there's a if you can afford to make the risk and there's a potential high upside, then you can you can make those. So I'm gonna compare you to one of the richest men in the world if you're cool with that. Jeff Bezos said several years back, it was in like one like they, they were like an annual report, I guess, for their shareholders or something like that. And there was questions on like, hey, these are look at these failed endeavors that we had with Amazon. What are these about? And he said, well, there's a, a, a concept called truncated outcome distribution. And what his comment was is like, if there is a 10% chance of success, so 10%, right? One out of 10 chance you succeed in this, but you could afford to take the risk, but there's a 10, t- 10 times upside or 100 times upside. The numbers work. Right, yeah. So let's say there's 100 times upside to this. Hey, it's yeah. 10% chance this thing works, 90% chance that it fails but 100 time exponential return on investment. Well, if you make that, if you make 10 of those, if nine of them fail, you only hit one of them, you just 10 times your... You still win. You, you won big. You yeah. won, did not just win, you won huge and you hit a home run. But it's like, but you're going to see more failures on your sheet, but you can afford the failures because you're, again, you're like 10%, yep. 10%, 10%, truncated outcome distribution. It's like the risk is this, but the outcome is this. Which, which you got, and this is where most people, in my opinion, screw this up. Mm-hmm. Because they will have those one in 10 chances of winning, but they'll fail one time. Oh, and they pack up and go home. Yeah. Or they're like, I'm never doing that again. You're not going to, you shouldn't ever take any risk if that's your, if you're scared of failure. Gotcha. Or you're going to let the failure derail you from doing it the other nine times. The other nine times is the only way you win. And you only do that if you're going to decide to do it 10 times. I think... If there's in a 10% scenario, chance of success. I'm like, thank God, I got one of those failures out of the way. Bring on the other eight because yeah. I'm about to win at some point. Because you know there's a 10% chance yeah. of succeeding, but the but the reward is 100 times the investment. So I'm about to flip this thing on its head for you. Okay. I said before, you should I only— I like how you're one up in Jeff Bezos. You like should this. only take This is like me giving the advice to Peter Murray earlier. When you, that's right. <laughs> hey, you only made 900000 in three hours. You could have made $1.4 million. Here's how. <laughs> Let me show you how. Hindsight, baby. Um, a little business audit for you here. Hold on. Um, so I spoke earlier around you should only take those type of risk when you can afford to do so, when it doesn't derail the company or your savings or stability or freedom, all those things. When you got the money, you got $10,000 in a checking account or savings account, 1400 is not going to move the needle of a big difference maker in what happens inside the business. So the way I want to turn this upside down and look at it from a different angle and what I would encourage you to do, it comes back to how you and I look at business. Businesses, we talk about this a lot. Business is our hobby. We like to talk about business. We like to do business. We like to start things, have ideas, share business conversations, build a business community. We love everything business. The reason we do is we have fun with it. Business is not boring. It's not stagnant. We don't want to follow all the rules. We don't want to live in some little box of business. We want to push the envelopes. We want to have fun with it. We want to be creative. We want to take risks. We want to do this. We want to grow something big and awesome. Build something nobody else has done before. So with that mentality, what I encourage people to do is budget your money for the year and budget that extra money to take gambles that almost forces you to say, okay, Josh, we're going to make – $100,000 this year, profit with a cleaning company. I'm making this up. Um, $20,000 we are going to use for investment. 
So 10,000 of that we're going to set aside and put back in the company to grow it, or 10,000 of that we're going to put towards a down payment on a building, and we're going to move into a building. That's going to be some sort of investment. We're going to use half that for an investment, but that other $10,000, that's going to be our home run money. That's the one we're going to set aside money, and we're and we're going to force ourselves to spend it in places that are those one in tens or one in one hundreds. And not only is it going to make things more fun and more exciting, and like, oh my God, we're releasing this today. Is it going to work? Is it not? I can't sleep tonight. It it keeps business fun. It keeps it exciting, and it keeps you pushing the envelope of what you can do. If it's not a financial stressful situation, you've built your business and your financial model and budgets around having money to gamble with inside the business. And so that's the piece that I would encourage business owners and entrepreneurs to to do whenever they're laying things out financially is don't just wait till it shows up and say, hey, should I spend 1400 or can I afford 1400 Do I have 10 grand set aside? I already know, hey, this money is earmarked. By the end of the year, I'm going to gamble with $1,400. And we may hit a home run in the business or it may be a failure but we're going to do it nine more times until we win dude i love that that is such good advice you know i don't really like to compliment you very much yeah. you're doing good today i know oh, i'm just right. like full it's of good things good mood. you know why because we did that praise challenge a couple months back you're like still hung in that i'm just that i just so hard for me i'm continuing oh, to praise God. i praise so many people at 10 30 11 o'clock at night it was ridiculous <laughs> you're done for the day like, somebody thought they like stole my phone or something <laughs> like, chad brown just texted me something nice what's up yeah it's like i was in the bed is he weird. sick <laughs> Something wrong with him? Save. Hey, I will say somebody did ask me at one point. I don't think it was during the praise challenge. They asked you like, if you're dying. They asked me if something was wrong if I was okay because I was like way too nice. Oh, okay. And like I emailed somebody something. Yeah. Told them something about how much I cared or whatever. Yeah. And they thought you're dying. Oh, they like followed up on the back end with somebody else. Oh, like, they didn't hey, ask you. Oh, no, no, no. It's like, is he okay? Yeah. Apparently, like, so, I just need to be less nice or more nice. Well, you know, I got asked that a couple times in person. They're like, hey, is Chad okay? And I don't, I don't answer questions like that. I just shake my head with a neck and negative. I ain't been okay since I just I've known look, I just shake my head and look down and walk away. So who knows, <laughs> who knows what's going on? So you said, all right, so a good business. And again, the question we framed on the beginning of this was, how do you make risky business decisions where you're making, let's say, an investment in, in an idea that may have a really high upside, but may not? And you said, well, you got to save and plan for that. So save some money. It's like you can't make you can't take the risk if you don't have any money. Nope. If you're going backwards and you're desperate, you can't. Don't make a risk of desperation heave. Don't throw the hail mary. So save money and plan for that. And then when you're saving that money, assess it. Like you start assessing risk. Oh, where, where are the opportunities that maybe are a little bit of a you know, quote unquote? Hey, maybe it's a little bit of a gamble, but there is a potential like high upside to it because then it makes it fun and you're looking for it. And then when you find those things, execute the plan. If it's a ten percent, if there is a ten percent chance to succeed and you do it once, you're an idiot, right? I mean, ultimately, like, you don't just do it once and you don't go like, don't push all your chips in the middle of the table for the very first one. Like, go ahead and plan. Like, we're gonna save a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm gonna look to invest ten thousand dollars in different business ideas. Yep. With the ten percent chance of succeeding, but you know, if it succeeds, it's a hundred times the investment. So I'm gonna invest a hundred thousand dollars with the ex, with the exception, or excuse me, expectation that I'm gonna earn a million off of that. And then it turns into a game. One out of ten, chance to succeed. It's an awesome game. Yeah. If you don't do it ten times, you're planning to fail. Save the money from a life, business lifestyle standpoint. Get into the habit of saving your money. Start assessing the risks that you see that could have a high upside. And then when you find those, execute, execute, execute. Am I missing something here? That, you got it, that's dude. Pretty you much nailed it, right? it. I love it. That's good stuff. I'm trying to document what the, the serial CFO says, right? Because you've, you've made yeah, a... you got to document it. You can go to 
BYMNFTs.com and find all this in writing. <laughs> I'm going to buy all, buy up all of your good business advice. It's in NFTs. I'll have, I'll control all of it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. Hey, all right, let's do this real quick. I'm going to ask you a question. We're going to, we're going to exit the episode this way. We do a max out moment in a lot of our episodes. We don't ever do one of these because we make all this crap up as we go along, which is kind of our ammo. <laughs> low risk, high, true. low risk, high reward. Um, I like I like where we're into this thing. I feel like this is exponential value. Thank you, Jeff Bezos, Trunkheaded.com distribution. This is why we don't have live Stronger Business podcast. <laughs> What's your Mac? It's called the Stronger Business Summit. Uh, be there October thirteenth. I guess we could say that now. Yeah, uh, the almost at Stronger Business Summit again. Max out moment from our episode today. If there's one piece of advice you could give to the listener from this episode, what would it be? My one piece of advice uh, from this episode, and and. I'm pretty repetitive with this, so this is not going to shock anybody, but it really is spend less than you make, invest the rest. But it doesn't have to be some boring investment or some investment in traditional style. You can invest in starting an NFT player's lounge. You can invest in anything you want to, but you you can't have fun with business and you can't have fun with money. Money is just a tool if you're spending everything and you're stressed out about it, or you're worried about how you're going to make your rent the next month, or in business, you're worried about how you're going to make payroll next month. Gambling sucks if you can't afford to lose. Gambling is a hell of a lot of fun if you don't care if you win or lose mm-hmm. and you get such a high or you make so much money on the win. That's the that's where it all comes from. Same thing in business. It's those same moments of like excitement and pleasure and like, is it going to work? Is it not? But Everything goes away if you're not financially stable enough to be able to afford to do those things. And the only way you're going to be financially stable enough to do it is if you are saving money, you're not spending it all, and you're making smart decisions with 80 or 90% of it. I could make really dumb decisions with 10% of my money, and it's fine. I can go buy $1,000 stakes, or I can go buy Players Lounge NFTs today. I can do those things if I'm making smart decisions with the other 80 or 90% of my savings or investing. And then I just have fun with the rest. Because, again, it's just a tool. Let's all have fun with it. That's what it's there for. Save it, spend it, do whatever you want with it. Man, you're right. If you treat it right, it can be a tool that you could have fun with. Yeah. If you treat it wrong. Money's fun. It's freaking stressful. And you ain't got money. It sucks. Hey, let me tell you this. You, you ain't got money and you got bills. It really sucks. This goes along with what? This kind of wraps it full circle. You ready for this? So he said... So in Aaron Murray's episode, he said that, uh, I think he said Ty Friggs, might have been Trent. One of those guys had invested in computer hardware that they were mining Ooh, yeah. Ethereum. Yeah. Yesterday, I connected with a guy like that, that he was talking about his patent. He does that. That's what he does. He mines Ethereum. He mines Bitcoin. And he's like, look, they're passive income generators because I buy the equipment. I got them set up. And I was like, I got to talk to Chad. We got we to gotta get into the mining business. So I don't That's think we have to wear. That's what we're doing. We've been mining money for 20 years. They're just doing it a little different We're just way. doing it out of toilets. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Thank you all for listening to the Stronger Business Podcast. That's how we'll end. Check us out on the next episode. Hey, rate us five stars for sure, 100%. And uh, sign up for the newsletter, strongerbusiness.com. Follow us on Instagram. And plan to be there for the summit on Thursday, October 13th. October 13th. We've got some epic speakers already yeah. lined up. It is going to be amazing. And you better get your ticket fast or you may have to buy an NFT to get in. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of the Stronger Business Podcast, then leave us a review and share it with a friend. You can find us online at strongerbusiness.com or check us out on Instagram or Facebook at Stronger Business. We look forward to hearing from you and have a great 2022.